Welcome to Behind the Table, produced by Ryko Theatricals. We take an in-depth look at the creative process and the creators behind it. We are flipping the audition table to be more inclusive to new stories that deserve to take their rightful place behind the table. Our show airs every Tuesday at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern on our social media, at Ryko Theatricals. Now please welcome our host, Sherry Nell Thompson. Hello, and welcome to Behind the Table, an in-depth look at the creative process and the creators behind it. I'm Sherry Nell Thompson, and on tonight's show, I'll be having a little conversation with professor, dancer, actor, Krisha Marcano about leadership, mastery of money, and creating a path for artists. Previously known as the Broadway actress in shows like Motown, Chicago, Sweet Charity, Smokey Joe's Cafe, Aida, an original cast member of The Color Purple where she played Quick. <laughs> if you're a movie buff, you might have seen her in the Warner Brothers, The Preacher's Kid in 2010. And if you love concert dance, you very well may have seen her or caught a glimpse of her on stage with the likes of the Martha Graham Dance Company, Michael Mao, or the Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater. Krisha has an MBA in entrepreneurship, that's MBA, uh, Kenny College, a BFA in dance from SUNY Purchase. She's also the, currently the assistant professor of musical theater dance at, and the assistant dean for student services and entrepreneurial services at the University of North Carolina School of the Arts, School of Drama. I wanna get started. So let's go ahead and welcome Ms. Marcano into Behind the Table. Hello. Hello. Professor, how are you? <laughs> I'm fine. I'm good. Thank you so much you? for taking some time out of your day to talk with me. I'm fine. I'm great. I feel great. I have a great fondness for you, and I'm so ready to talk to you. Are I'm you ready to rumble? I am ready to rumble. This is going to be good. Okay, let's do it. So, uh, I guess my first question is uh, not unlike the questions that I have asked many times before, but it's for you. It is all about the creation, the <laughs> moment. How did it all begin? Dun, dun, dun. I, feel, I feel very dramatic today, but anywho, yes. How did it all begin, Ms. Marcano? Well, I grew up in Trinidad in the Caribbean. So apparently, and I don't remember this at all, um, I was like four and I saw the Nutcracker on TV at Chris, in Christmas time and I was mesmerized. And then I, I was stuck in the, in the living room. They couldn't move me. And then after that, I said, I want to do that. I want to be pretty like them. And then my grandmother was like, dance class is too expensive. But I threw apparently the only complete and absolute rolling on the floor. I mean, I had a breakdown until they said, yes, we'll take you to ballet class. And then all of a sudden, magically, I was better. Four. So I was not well from, from, from birth. And then, uh, you know, 
went to school, did dance. Obviously, in, in the Caribbean, I did, you know, Afro-Caribbean dance. We did modern dance uh, and uh, ballet class. And then I knew I was I was going to be a dancer. I always knew, knew that. That never changed. I wanted to be a nun at some point, but I knew I was going to be a dancing nun. I don't know how that was going to work out. Whatever. We moved on. We worked out, that out. Um, then I went to New I came came to New York, which is where I was born. My mother was living in New York at the time, so moved back home um, and went to SUNY Purchase. Got my BFA in dance. But that's where I found the Martha Graham company, and that's where I found uh, the Graham technique in a way that, like, I could feel that I could sing, you know, like I could feel like there was a spirituality in what I was doing for the first time in a way that was moving me. And I was like, you know, close to tears and, you know, turns around the back. And I was like, what is happening? I don't know. I know. I was feeling the universe. And it was a hot, I was just, I was, I, I, I drank all of the Kool-Aid of my modern dance, all of it. So then, wow. I graduated and my first job was on a cruise ship dancing and singing to get some money. And then when I came back, um, I started working for Laura Ashley. I did that for a year and then got into the Graham company. Okay. So you were at the school and then you left the school and then you went back and auditioned. Is that right? Or did you, did you just take, yes. Did you just take classes and then you left and then come back? Well, I took Graham class at Purchase because we had Armgard von Bondelöben and we oh. had, uh, oh, yes, that was my Rip. first Graham teacher, Armgard von Bondelöben, honey. <laughs> and, um, and Kazuko Hirabayashi, come on, come on, two of the greatest. So I was not really a person that was taking class at Graham. I would once in a while, but not, uh, not, not really all the time at the school, at the Graham school. And um, so, yeah, I auditioned and got into Graham and the rest is history. After that, um, Graham was closing down. I was going through a divorce. I needed a, a, uh, a job that was working more often so I can make more money, auditioned for a bunch of things, got into Ailey, did that for two years. Um, and then Judy fired me from Ailey. I was fired. Yeah. Shout out. <laughs> I'm, I was in good company, but nevertheless. And within a week, I had my first Broadway contract for Fosse, the first national tour. So, and the rest One is door closes and the other door opens. Immediately. It was standing in the wings. I love that. That's a great story. I'm, and it's funny because... I mean, knowing you, I actually what I've learned from doing these conversations with people is that I really never knew them at all. <laughs> no, I knew I know I've known people for years, but I never explored their, you know, their background and their lives. What have they been through? What have they walked through? So it's quite interesting, you know, because you know the basics. So oh, she was in Ailey Company. Oh, she was on Broadway. She was in Grant. Okay, but 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 who is she though? Yeah. Right? 
So one so one door closed, another door opened, another door closed, another door opened, and then you find yourself doing Broadway circuit, like you're just in there dancing yep. and singing and bossy in it. And I do actually just uh, one thing I remember is I went to the Bessies, I think, I think it was the Bessies. And mm -hmm. you were you were performing um it was a tribute to Fosse, right? Yeah. And I, I was like, I know her. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's just it's just to be just a bit close to you. Yeah. It's just that feeling is like of pride that you know someone who's like representing, you know, everything that you that you love. So I guess I should have maybe said that years ago, but I always remember that about you. Right. Let's talk about um leadership. Yeah. You are the founder and the creative career coach alliteration at the Artistry Center and as the head of education, inspiration and coaching, how do you help artists transition to different careers? Because, yeah. you know, a lot of people go through career transitions and they don't really know where to begin. They know that they don't want to do this anymore. They don't know, they've been doing this show for nine years or 10 years and they want to move on. Like how do you help people like transition and then adjust to the transition? Because it's the, really the adjustment that I think might be more traumatic than the transition. <laughs> um, it, it, definitely, it definitely is an emotional uh, roller coaster. Um, as you can see, I've transitioned a lot in my life. I've pivoted a lot in my life. And so I know what that looks like. I know what it feels like. So I'm very empathetic to anyone that is has come to a place that they need a change. Um, and, and, and then <laughs> once you get to the place where you're like, I need a change, you've already gone through many things to get to that knowing in order to say, now, what do I do first? So what do you do first? There's a whole emotional place that you have to get to before you can legitimately say, okay, I'm excited to pivot, but to what and how? Um, and the first thing you do is to get a coach. Get somebody who can walk you through it. I swear to God. Uh, if you have elders or if you have a coach, go for it. It is the way. Piece by piece, small wins. Um the transition should not be immediate and instant because you'll miss step, you'll miss steps. So I suggest that people that are thinking or feeling like they're going to need to change because of one thing or another, try to start strategic planning a three to five year uh, traje trajectory to do it right. In my opinion, right? okay. Mm -hmm. um, the first thing to do is find out what your transferable skills are, literally listing what you do right now in the way that you've never listed it before, as in skills, the things you know, the things you don't know, the things you've acquired, um, the things you do, right? And then somebody who knows that language will be able to shape that into, well, this is actually leadership. This is actually administrative skills. This is um, this is being of service. 
this is, you know, and so then you can see the world of possibilities start to open up based on the list that you have made. Okay. And there's a whole series of, of one wonderful ways that you can get that list really nice and right so that you can look at it and really see what I'm talking about. But walking through that list of transferable skills, what you know, what you have, what you've learned, what you've acquired, what what your um, natural proclivities are, what people, the things people ask you to do. Like it, it could be as simple as you always have to come over and fix their computer. People ask you to listen to them and their problems all the time. <laughs> People ask you to, I'm going to be doing this show. Can you help me organize? People ask you for, I have this, I have this idea, but I can't work it out. Can I pitch it to you? And can we mastermind? Like all of those things are transferable skills. It has nothing to do with your acting, singing, dancing, music, mu musicalness. That's just who you are as a person. And all of that should be on the list because that can translate. Who you are. Yes, that can mm -hmm. translate into jobs. That can translate literally because you're, you're using all of those skills in the workplace already, if you think about it. You're using right. it in life already. Now you can actually codify that and put that down on a resume to get hired as skills. Wow. Yeah. See, this is this is the I don't know who's watching right now, but this is real true um, coaching that's happening right now. This is, you know, who you are is not always what you do. Oh, ho, ho. boom, 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 Check <laughs> checkmate. Um, it's very dramatic over here in, uh, in my bedroom. Um, who you are is not always what you do, and so maybe there are things that you do that you don't get paid for that maybe either you're just good at you like to do or people always come to you for assistance with and those are the things you should really think about capitalizing on when it comes to transitioning into a new job indeed and once you figure those things out then you can say wow that's exciting now what would i right. need to add on top of that would i need to take mm. a would I need a degree? Would I need a would I need a would I need a an internship, a fellowship? What would I need to make this thing that's not as I can see it now exciting yeah. and, poss and possible? Then you have a good year to layer some stuff on there to give it um quantifiable okay. value to other people. Okay. Not just you, but you know. Some things need certifications. Some things need, mm -hmm. you know, it depends on what you're willing to do and what the market needs. And then you can figure out how much you want to do and how much you don't want to do. Because is this a side hustle or is this a new career? Okay. So I've got another one for you because I, so I feel like. A pivot yes. is not 180. It doesn't have to be a 180 pivot. You could pivot for 10% and pick up a side hustle that in 10, in 10 five years, will become another career. Mm. You don't have to commit to changing your life. Like it doesn't have to be, a, you know, turns around the back. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to be a pitch turn. It could just be a, you know, I mean, it could be a problem turn. Boom, chicky, boom, chicky, boom. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And I was going to say to add to that, because I feel like you're drawing out all this 
this why this wisdom like I feel like I'm just getting wiser by the second um which is actually literally true but also figuratively um what you're good at is not always the thing that you're supposed to do so I like that you said bam and I like that you said to figure out the things that you're good at and then figure out those things are for you. They're for your next career move or if they're for just the hustle or or if it's just something that you're you're just good at. Yeah. Because you're not always supposed to do everything you're good at. It could be a project. It could be an inspiration of something innovative that you want to try. It could be because some people need a change because they're not being artistically fulfilled. It could be fulfilling a lot of the of the life, but artistically, it's not. So, what is it that you can put your hands in and create that can that can get that together? As opposed to, well, I need to change my life. You don't necessarily need to change change your life, but what is missing? Yeah. And running after career and running after industry can really get you down a road that you're following other people's rules on how you should live your life because you're in this industry pinwheel of a rabbit, uh, you know, of a rat race. And you realize one day, this is not as fulfilling as I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> um, right. Get a coach, walk it through, walk it out, walk it out. Wow, that is such great advice. I mean, where do we even go from here? Well, I know the next step is, for me at least, is to figure out, yes, it's it might not be as fulfilling and and you might also not be making the money that you expected to make too. Or you might've made it for a while and then the well dried up and you haven't gotten a gig in a while. So I want to talk about that because that's really important too. Let's talk money. So <laughs> I think <laughs> I think one of the biggest challenges that artists face is the one with managing money. It's like the albatross in our world. Um, <laughs> we're here to create. So like asking artists to be business-minded is sometimes like putting a weight on us. Like we gotta be all artsy, you know? <laughs> like we need to, I don't know why, I feel like why do we need to be stifled by the business of art when we're the creators of the art? So I guess to you, my question is, what is the biggest pitfall with money? Um, and, and what is your main advice for artists when it comes to money management? <laughs> <laughs> Deep breath. <laughs> so, our lives are project-based. So the way that we grew up, you go to work and you get a paycheck every week or every month, is not our lives. So erase that. There's a whole mindset you need to put out of your head. That's not our life. It never will be our life. It's not going to happen. At some point, it will stop and you will move on to the next project 
maybe there's a week or maybe there are a few months or maybe there's a year in between project to project. That is beside the point. What they didn't tell us was that what you see on TV, people go to work and get paid, that's not your life. So what is the money equation? They never taught us. Right. So, so we what is it? Start there. The whole mindset of how we work, when we work, and how we get paid needs to start over. Right? So the biggest advice that I have for people about money, your, your net worth does not equal your self-worth. Wow. Because I need you to say that again. Your net worth does not equal your self-worth. No matter how much money you have or don't have, it has nothing to do with who you are and how valuable you are to the, to the universe. Nothing to do with it. So the emotional tie that we have about with money, we need to rewrite. And none of that was instilled in us. It was not shown to us. There was no prototype of that at all. But that is the truth. Mm -hmm. Wow. Now, because we are probably the only people I know that can make an entire performance with $3. <laughs> Not $3. <laughs> Come on. You, we can, listen, we can make it on nothing and we shouldn't have to, but we do because we must. Mm. Does that make sense? And so when we get money in hand, we have so many things to do with it. And one of them is never saving it. Right. Because we are filled with things that should be happening. Right. We are filled with things that are un underfunded. We, we are filled with things that we need. We can survive, but we want to thrive. So the minute we get money, we spend it. We don't, we're not walking around with Louis Vuitton bags and, you know, and blah, blah, blah. We're spending it on <laughs> shit. We're spending it on shit that we need, like need, need. But that's totally. why we have that's why we have no savings because we're always behind the eighth ball. Mm. When you get a job that pays you the money that you deserve, feel like it's going to not feel like it's going to end because you don't want to put that into the universe. However, the way you deal with your money should be as though this is the only job I'm going to have for X amount of months. So how much I need for those months this job needs to pay for. That means you need to save half of this for this much, just in case. It's kind of like when um, school teachers who just teach like during the year and then they have off during the summer, they have to prepare for those summer months, right? Where they don't get paid. Like me. So school ended, graduation was um, a week ago and I'm on a nine month contract at the university, but I was smart enough to say, I am not to be trusted. I know what to do, but just in case I lose my mind, 
right? Stretch this out, this stretch this paycheck for 12 months, please, so that I will always get a paycheck once a month. Right. However, not everybody has the luxury of saying, saying that. Mm -hmm. If you don't, every year you need to think about those months in the summer and know what your overhead is. Know what your costs are and be generous. Put costs in there that, I mean, you know, I like a wine. I like wine. I need a wine budget. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you need to figure out how you want to live your life. What that costs, put some numbers down on paper and be like, bet, okay, I'm going to need this, 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 and this. So I'm going <laughs> to put this away for, so that I can six, seven, and eight. <laughs> if you want to do the job that you know that you can do, you need to be able to rest in vacation. Where would you vacation? How much does it cost? Put a dollar number down. Do it. Get on the cal calculator. Do some great research about some Bahamas or the something. Dream a little. And then put mm -hmm. some real numbers on those dreams. And then you'll see. Mm. I only need like $2,000 to like, yes, for five days. Yes. Okay. Great. That means how much for the next 10, 10 months of a mm. paycheck? And is this something that you talk to your students about? Like, do you have all the time? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, <laughs> so I teach two business classes. One, I co-teach co with two other pro professors for showcase. They're acting business, you know, the, the branding and the agent mm -hmm. manager, casting, auditioning, blah, blah, blah. And their show showcase at the end of their senior year. But in the senior year, we also talk about, I have another class, it's just me, and we talk about entrepreneurship. And because a lot of them are coming, I don't know what is happening in high school, but when I say, so who has a, who knows what an, what, the, what an APR is? Who knows what an APR, right? So nobody knows how the checking works. Nobody knows how the savings works. You don't know what the percentages on that are. So you have to start mm. from personal finance all the way to artistic taxes, grant writing, uh, residual money, passive income, residual income, everything that they're going to encounter, all the language that they're going to encounter mm -hmm. get into the real world. It's like adulting 101. And then let's, let's see how we can rent an apartment in New York. Let's go. Let's do some research. And then to see the numbers and watch them like, how am I going to? What? Yeah. Yeah. Mind-boggling. Well, let's rent an apartment in LA. Let's see how we, you know. Wow. If you use a real estate agent, if you have two roommates, if you, you need a car in LA, well, how much does that cost? You need to train. Well, then you need a... Metro card. No, <laughs> no apartment, a fee apartment. Guarantors. Wow. Real lifestyle. And then, everything. you know, whoever is watching, how many out there wish that they had this course? Me. <laughs> I walked yeah, all of us. Walls. I walked into too many walls and I made too many mistakes. And I was like, you know what? This pisses me off. Yeah. Enough to want to do some something about it. And I'm not going to wait for somebody else to do it. I'm going to do it. And there are a lot of people doing it now. 
but I've been doing this work for a long time, like in the dressing room of Broadway shows, putting mm -hmm. people on financial. And wow. I have my own financial mistakes. I bought the wrong apartment in New York and had to sell it two years later. Like I, you know, bad deals. And then I became a real estate agent because I was like, I need to know the inside information. Right. I'm that kind of person. I, you know, don't get me mad. I will get a degree. <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> I had a failed business. I bought the co-op. I sold the co-op. I had a financial advisor of American Express, Ameriprise back in the day. And we became mm -hmm. very good friends. She decided to own her own financial com com company. And I okay. wanted okay. to, I was becoming an entrepreneur and I was making handbags in my dressing room and, you know, whatever. And then I was happy with like, ooh, learning about business. And I was learning business from her. And then we became business part partners in the artistry center back in the day. And that was a newspaper, like a penny saver with auditions from Bernard Telsey, Tara Rubin, articles from my physical therapist, my orthopedic surgeon, my agent, my manager, casting, like all of that in a thing, put in everybody's box on broad, broad Broadway for free just, but the thing is small business uh, um, people that are knitting in their dressing room and stuff can have, cheap advertising in the community. I used my money for my condo for my for, for the startup. And then she got arrested for securities fraud for something she did in American Express Financial. She went to jail and I was stuck. Two years later, I had to file bankruptcy. $80,000 is what I lost. Because of because this of business, business partner. partner. Because I listened to her without doing my due diligence. And getting the MBA in entrepreneurship was my effort to maybe rewrite everything I learned in business mm -hmm. from someone I no longer trusted, which means I didn't trust any of the information I had. Right. So I wanted to start from scratch. Don't get me mad because I will get a degree and come on back. That's what I did. <laughs> wow. Well, on that note about money management, um, we're going to take a break and hear a little bit from our sponsor, New Bayou. I saw the life inside you. That's nude by you. And if you're looking for a nude cut of leotard in a custom color, you can check out nude by you at nudebyyou.com or coming soon on Afterpay. So we're back with Krisha Marcano. Um, I want to go through a couple of the comments because sometimes if you, you'll forget what the comment was referring to. So let me just go back and through and here say, I was supposed to say, great advice. <laughs> yes, lots of great advice. This was uh, words of wisdom from Mariko Kamanamito. Now, hi Mariko, thanks for watching. Um, 
Yes, I think she's talking about your net worth does not equal your self-worth. That was the, I, I put that as a quote. I quote, you've been quotes, quotes. I've been quoted. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Wow, thank you for that reminder. I need to hear that. I think that was when you were talking about the money over the 12 month period, as opposed to like just using all your money at that time. And and I also think that it was really sort of apt with what you said about the fact that we do as artists, we have such small budgets just in general to make art, to live, to prepare for the future. And so when we do get sums of money that are quantitative or substantive, we were like, oh, well, let me do this, let me do that because we have been saving all this stuff up. So I just think that was, I just think that was so smart. And also like, there's a lot of compassion involved in that, in that statement, in my personal opinion. Yeah, um, some slack because yeah. like I said, we're not walking around with, you know, a Mercedes Benz and a, you know what I mean? Like that's not yeah. the life we live. We're literally putting whatever money we get into real shit, like real stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so and it's hard to even think don't do that and put it over there to sit is a whole other mindset that we have to adopt for other reasons. And when I say get a coach or somebody that knows how to do this, shifting the why will make sense and then it's easier to do. And you know, just to recap, I, I've seen some uh, more people joining. Um, and just to recap, we're with we're here with Krisha Marcano, the legendary Krisha Marcano, Broadway actress, professor. Yes, you can cringe all day, but it's just the truth. And uh, <laughs> and um, and also uh, coach, um, inspirational career coach. Um, I forgot what I said before. Career artistry coach. What was it? Is that what it was? Creative career coach. Creative career coach. It was an alliteration. I should have known. I should have remembered that because I said alliteration. Um, and and her first her first um, order of business was if you're transitioning careers as an artist is to get a coach because they can help you, and then to list off the things that you're good at and the things that people ask you for help um, with, and to craft a new pathway using those talents and and so and so then we talked about money management and again so all these things are just uh, things that we need to know um, if you missed it you know you're gonna have to go back and watch it from the beginning because honestly it's it's words of wisdom I've already quoted uh, Ms. Marcano your net worth does not equal your self-worth mm -mm. um, so <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna that's move a hard, on. A that's a hard one to remember when you feel broke. You feel right. broke, right? It's not true. When you're broke, you're not broken. You're just broke. <laughs> you're not broken. You're just broke. Okay. I love that. I mean, when's the book coming out? <laughs> she said, "You're not broken. You're just broke." Just broke. I love it. <laughs> it's Bye. not you. Let's talk leadership. How do you teach your students to become leaders in their field? I, I spoke to you about this before and I, you know, truth be told, many students are just trying to be good students, you know, just trying to be a good student and get through the class. But how do you prepare them to 
to lead and be good leaders? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay. <laughs> I do. Um, they have to feel safe. They have to feel safe enough to have an opinion. They have to feel safe enough to ask you a question if they don't understand, if they've been taught something different, if they've noticed something in their life that does not align with what you just said, let's say, they should feel safe enough to ask in a really respectful and inquisitive way, as opposed to feeling unsafe, but I'm going to ask, and then it comes out if they feel that they can inquire and go, really? You know, I I hear what you're saying, but last week when I, you know, and now we can have a dialogue about life and about why and about when and about how and about my opinion and my my research and my uh, my lens and their lens. Cause it, I'm just an older version of them. I just have more information and Every generation is going through something else. I mean, think about the world today. We did not have any of this to deal with. So honoring that their, their lens is valid gives them a safe space to ask safely. Um, and that in and of itself is leadership. It is, it is making sure that they can think for themselves formulate a question, have a dialogue. And, and the other thing about leadership is, can they, hold on, it's coming to me. Can students navigate adversity? Can they navigate disagreement with each other without canceling? Can they be empathetic and yet feel like I have a point to make. I'm going to will need you to listen, but I'm going to honor you by listening to you. So they need to be able to speak their mind, be respectful, be understood. We can agree to disagree without being disrespect like that. Those things can be taken in any workplace on the planet and you can lead any group of people if you can do those two things. If you feel safe enough, then you know how to create that safe space for other people. Wow. If you're willing to listen, yet you are, you have an opinion and you have some something to say mm -hmm. with empathy and respect, then you know how to teach that. And then you know how right. to set that in the workplace as this, the, these are the rules of engagement. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Personalities between director, musical director, choreographer, stage manager, producers. And you know what I'm talking about, how, what kind of callaloo that is. <laughs> Actors that feel feelings and their feelings are feeling feelings and the dancers that have all the opinions and all they do is cry because dancers don't speak. Right. <laughs> 
And you know, tr- these are all transferable skills, like you said. Uh-huh. They're worth their weight in gold. Okay. Um, woo. But you've um, got to be able, as a person that is leading, you've got to be able to model that, which means they're teaching mm-hmm. me as much as I'm teaching them because I can't tell them you need to your mental health is and your physical health is, you need rest, you need, and then I am freaking out and stressed and I can't function. Now I'm, I'm an, I'm an asshole. You know, what a, what a, you know. (laughs) And also a comedian. Um, Yes. Agreed. All of those things. It is just the facts on top of facts. You know, you talk about feelings on top of feelings and then you're giving facts on top of facts. And also, like, how can you expect someone to lead if you always want them to follow? So that that makes sense. I think you might be a genius. <laughs> you know, I always. Th- I mean, I always. Th- <laughs> Wait, let me. Yeah, this is very. Very expensive um, H2O. A <laughs> um, qu- couple things. Let me just go back through a couple more comments. Yes, I did quote you. How do you teach students to be good leaders? Students have to feel safe enough to ask and in a really respectful and inquisitive way. Quoth Krisha Marcano. Mariko Kumanoe say, yes, I'll buy the book. Hallelujah. And Genoid says she is speaking that's truth. <laughs> yeah, that's why that's why you're uh, here on the on the other side of this this screen behind the table. What yeah. do you have going on or coming up right now? So, um, North Carolina school system has started um, executively leadership training, and School of the Arts nominated me for, as two of the people on our campus to attend that. And that is retaining talent so that if people are interested in moving up the ranks, like a dean, provost, chancellor, you know, things, things like that. And that is, I am, I cannot, I'm so excited. I can't stand, stand it. Um, so that starts uh, um, June 15th for 10, 10 months. But um, okay, so. I'm, trying to, I'm, I'm trying to run some shit and make some safe spaces and brave spaces and, be a black woman in the space and you know, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? And be an advocate for the artist and the entrepreneur, which I happen to think is the the two, the same thing, which is kind of what I wanted to talk to you about because you started as why do we have to be, well, we are predisposed to being good at it. Right. We can make anything happen. I'm asking the question, you know, from the perspective, obviously I'm an entrepreneurial, I have an entrepreneurial spirit about me. And so I was asking the question from the perspective of someone who was like, I just want to dance. Like, I just want to be an artist. You know, when you're green and you're starting out, you, you're just like, I'm showing up to do stuff, you know? And I remember the first time that my, my director, one of my directors was like, you know, everybody needs to do this and that. And I'm like, what, why do I have to do that? We're just here to dance. Like, why do I have to do extra stuff? Like, this is like administrative. Like, <laughs> and, but you know, in the end you have, you figure out that this is a team sport y'all. Yep, yep. 
And not everybody can be an entrepreneur, but there's an intrapreneur. An intrapreneur is someone that is inside the company that has an entrepreneurial spirit in the company. You mm -hmm. don't have to own mm -hmm. everything if that's not who you are, but you can, wherever you work, be an innovator, be an entrepreneur, and that's called an intrapreneur. So there's a Love space it. for everyone. Um, what, else is, what else is coming up? I'm going to do workshops this summer from the Artistry Center. They're called Aligned. Um, the I think there's six of them. Focusing your passion for success, which is a reverse engineering your life to what you should be doing tomorrow. Okay. So, um, creating a practice, which is all about well wellness. Creating mm -hmm. a practice in order to get this life that you want done. Uh, money mastery, which is everything. Um, your entrepreneurial spirit, which we talked a lot, lot about, but breaking it down into charts and some exercises and stuff to really get people like, oh. Um, the art of the pivot, which is what we talk, talked about earlier. The art of the pivot. Okay. Is that um, the transition that we talked about? Indeed, indeed. And then the last one is the dancer's life. So just touching on the things that I think dancers need to know outside of the classroom. You did it. You, you got it. Now, do you know anything about the unions? Do you know anything about the resource organizations that are ready to help you do all of the things? Do you need to you know about taxes? You need to know about um, diversifying your dance portfolio so that you can have many arenas to get hired. If it's not your right. season in this one, it might be your season in that one. Okay. You know, things like that. So. Nice. So I guess we just go to the artistrycenter.com and sign yeah. up for those. Yes. For now, because I'm going to put the launch up. I think the first one is going to be June 10th, but I'm going to put it up by the end of this, this week, giving about a five, five day, like quick, quick launch, but there's six of them. So okay. if, if everybody wants to go to the artistry center and just sign up, like you, you just sign up on the, on the, uh, on the, the, the mailing list, you'll be the first to know in the next got few it. Okay. Got it. So, so if you're listening and you're interested in career transitioning, learning about mastery of money, learning about leadership, dancers life, et cetera, et cetera, then please go to the artistry center.com and sign up for the mailing list so that you can get that information. Now, uh, speaking, I, I, given we're going to get all these workshops in the future, in the not too distant future, I'm still going to ask you for some more wisdom. So this is a segment of my show that I call hindsight is 2020. Um, the idea being that 2020 is behind us. And so if you had an opportunity to, to talk to your past self or to just give advice to someone about, about things that you have learned, you wished that you had known, and just one little nugget of truth, what, what I say would you give us? One? Just one. The rest we'll have to get at the artistry artistrycenter.com workshops. You know it too. <laughs> Don't marry that man. 
Well, why lie? That's what I would have said. Said to myself, don't marry that man. One. <laughs> in as much as it was not around in an obvious way, elders that were ready to help me search for help. Search, ask for help. Mm. Yeah. It, nothing that I went through was the first time ever on the, on the planet. So for the love of all that is holy, ask <laughs> for help. Right. Nothing wrong with it. Marco Kamano beat says, <laughs> can she be my life coach? Actually, she can. Actually, Technically can. and literally, she can. <laughs> Go to the artistrycenter.com. <laughs> <laughs> or you could just watch this or listen to this um podcast like multiple times you get a lot from that um the last thing i wanted to ask you was actually no i had two more questions for you really the first one was where do you want us to find you obviously we can go to sign up for the mailing list and then hopefully down there we have some oh, information yeah. um is there anywhere else we can find you or is at Krisha Marcano. Uh, either Krisha Marcano or the Artistry Center on Instagram. I have both me and it. Uh, okay. I have both me and it. Pinterest, I have both me and it. LinkedIn, I have both me and it. What? I'm on Clubhouse. You're on Clubhouse. Yeah. Gotcha. I like Clubhouse. It's like a radio show. I just listen to people bitch and it's great. Um, um, yeah, that's it. Okay. And then I guess the last one is, um, it's really not the last, I keep saying the last one. I'm like a terror. I'm like the dance teacher or the director who's like one more time. And then it's like, it's really not one more time. It's, it's literally like four more times. But the first one is if you were to have a conversation with someone, it could be anyone at a dinner party. Who would be at your dinner party? Shit. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, I, I gotta say, I would need Nelson Mandela, Ooh. Um, Gandhi, um, And my uncle, my uncle that passed away like 20 some something years ago or 15, I don't know, I can't remember. Um, yeah. That'd be very interesting conversations had at that table. Oh my God. A, a meeting of the minds in a way. I would be at the feet of like, I'm like oh, keep talking. Keep talking, keep talking to each other. Oh my God, keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> Even just to listen to them talk to each other would be interesting. I mean, that's oh quite quite a and, combination. And then Martha would walk in late. Oh no, not Martha. Just put Martha in that equation and see what, see what happens. That would be very interesting, I have to say. That sounds like a dinner party, you know, maybe 
from a place that I don't know. <laughs> At least for me. Maybe it, maybe it'd be great though. Maybe it'd be great. I'm sure it would be great. It would be great. Um, <laughs> I just I really do love all of those people in a way that I have so many questions about why yes. and and they all turned their mindset and how that happens and how what it felt like and mm -hmm. adversity in a way that was not expected yet it brought a new person out that they didn't know was there. Mm -hmm. uh, advocacy in a way that was life and death, kind of like, what? Amazing. Yeah. I can't wait. Interesting. And then what memorable little story do you have that you could tell us from either like when you were behind the table or even if you were just auditioning and you were in front of the table, what, what kind of story can you give us? What's the tea? What's the tea? From Krisha Marcano. I have a lot of stories. A lot of stories. Okay, well, um, we have time for one. <laughs> one. Okay. Um, getting Graham was insane. I will never forget it. I was working at Laura Ashley, and Kazuko Hirabashi called and said, Krisha, they need one more person for the city center season. Um, and Carol Freed is on vacation, but she will come in to audition if you are ready. You have two weeks to get yourself together. So I started taking wow. class. I had two weeks, hit it and quit it. I started taking class and it was only me, Carol Freed, and one of the company members. And she put me through Chronicle. She put, put me through Steps in the Street. She, she put me through, um, uh, oh, what's the second part? What's the last part? Prelude to action. Prelude to action, yes. So, so the whole ballad, she put me through it. And then she called Ron Protas, and he came and they were very stoic. They looked, looked at me, do the thing with the thing and the thing on the side. Sweating, my kneecaps, my muscles in my thighs couldn't hold my kneecaps anymore. So I couldn't like go up steps anymore. That's how stripped they were. Um, and then she said, okay, well, you know, all right, we will let you know. So why don't you go upstairs and change your clothes? You'll, when you go up the steps, you'll see, this is the old building, of course. You'll go up the steps and you'll see uh, at the top of the steps in front, there'll be a bathroom. I want you to use the one to the left, okay? Um, and I'll be right here. So I was like, okay. I gathered my things and I went upstairs and I looked at the bathroom and it said women's. And I looked at the one in the left and it said company bathroom. And that's how I found out that I was in the company. Oh, wow. That was a cute little trick. <laughs> that day, yes. And then I took myself wow. out to sushi. Um, and then I, 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 I couldn't even walk down the steps of the subway because I was limping. Like you got into the company, but were you going to be able to dance? I know. <laughs> I my legs up for like two days. I was like, girl. You're gonna have to get this together because this can't happen every day. Wow. That, my heart, that was a good one. Lovely. Wow. Well, Krisha, I'm just so honored that you took the time to come out and speak to me. I mean, well, you didn't go anywhere, but you know, whatever. Log on and you spoke to me through this ether channel. Um, you, you didn't have to do it. I'm there. You didn't have to do it, but you did. So I thank you. 
I want to give a special thanks to Ryko Theatricals. We're here because of you. And if you like us, subscribe to our YouTube page. Um, follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And, um, you know, get yourself over to Ryko.org and check us out if you have any questions. Show us some love over there. And uh, peace and thank you all. Thank you. That's awesome. Hold on one more. That's awesome. What a way to find out you were accepted into the company. I know. <laughs> and on that note, thank you again. I wish you, wish you the best. I'll see you around. Bye y'all. You've been listening to Behind the Table, a weekly podcast from the Ryko live streaming series produced by Ryko Theatricals. Everything you heard was recorded live on our social media at Ryko Theatricals. You can support this podcast by sharing us on social media, writing a great review, or donating at www.ryko.org support. Thanks for listening.